This is gonna hurt. It's time for the Suffering Podcast. We must learn to fight to protect what we love. Someone who fights for nothing loves nothing. It's an essential tool to learn in the developmental stages of life. We fight hard to strengthen our bodies. In turn, the preparation and training strengthens our mind. Rarely will you see somebody confident in their combat skills be the aggressor in any confrontation. They always know that at any moment they can unleash the beast that they've worked so hard to chain. A strong fist equals a strong mind. Missing one component leaves you unbalanced and vulnerable. As the Chinese proverb says, it's better to be a warrior in the garden than a gardener in a war. I'm Kevin Donaldson here with Mike Felice, and on this episode of The Suffering Podcast, we sit down with Butch Sanchez to discuss the suffering of a boxing trainer. Butch has fought his entire life, but now has a new fight on his hand, and in studio, the Benny Love, who I've been following for quite some time, just so you know. Just so you know. It's champion Benny Love. <laughs> Ch- champion Benny Love? Champion Benny Love. Well, but- Butch has been so kind to bring the, the uh, what is this? Is there, every boxer's a champion, right? Whenever you see a boxer, you call him, hey, champ. That's right. Is this the middleweight? Which, welterweight. 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 We're going we're gonna to discuss all that stuff before we get into it. Let's, let's throw a big shout out to Toyota of Hackensack. We buy our car, cars from Toyota because we don't trust anybody. So go to toyotahackensack.com. Let them find you a car. So Butch, thank you so much for joining us today. We've heard so much about you. Of course, our connection is through Mike DePalma. Of course, every connection. So here we go, Hoboken again. <laughs> and Benny, that's that's how I that's how I found out about you is through Mike, and uh, he really talks both of you up. He really, really I, does. I, he's a good dude, Mike. Good, good dude. Hey, look, Mike, Mike's a good friend of our show. So really? whoever whoever he recommends, more than welcome yeah, to Mike, come in. Uh, we don't even vet him after that. He's <laughs> like, yeah, that's good. Before we get into anything, we take a question from our audience every week. This week's question comes from Helen. When you want to quit. What do you do or what do you say to yourself to get over that moment? Butch, you're our guest today. Let's start with you. First of all, good question by Helen. Um, in, in my case, when I want to quit, I look at my wife. Um, She's your rock? My family and stuff. Yeah. Sometimes at the end of the day, your family is is the, the rock which you break yourself. Yeah. On. 100%. And if you don't have that strong foundation at home, the rest of your life doesn't matter. Yeah. yeah. Benny, Me, what do you think? My why. Your what? My why. Your why. My why. What's your why? Family, generations, breaking chains. Breaking chains. I like that. I like that. Breaking the chains of, uh, of anything in particular. Yeah. The old poverty, the old way of thinking, you know, readjusting to the new world. It's like getting off the street. Getting off the street. Well, I know you're and, into some really big yeah. things now, so. Yeah. Yeah. So it's yeah. A, it's a good it's a good move forward, and it's it's got to be set in a hell of an example for your for your uh, for your children. Well, it comes from inside, man. I believe in God, and I fight hard, and I was taught by drug dealers and killers, so I don't do that no more. That's good. That's good. So that yeah. that's what our show is all about. It's overcoming that those hardships mm-hmm. that you were thrust into. You didn't really have a choice, I'm sure, when you were younger. No you choice. Just, you looked up to it. You you were around it all the time, yeah. and I know it was it was very prevalent in Hoboken at one point in time. Not so much now. I, I guess it is still there now. But I was lucky. I looked up to guys like him. Yeah. You know, he's older than I am and he always had a good uh, he was always a good role model. He's always into the fighting. He was always with his family. It's nice that you oh. point out that he's older than you. I appreciate that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Mike, well, well, how old are you? 
I'm 53. Yes. Yes. You're older than me. 56. I'm the oldest guy in the room again. Uh, I'm, really? still, I'm still again. a kid in the room. I'm only 25. Yeah. Bullshit. Mike, what do you think? When you like, want to quit, what do you tell yourself? You know, I mean, you really just have to push through. You know, there, there was a quote that I, I heard that said, when something bad happens, three things could happen to you. It could either define you, destroy you, or strengthen you. And I mean, that, that's it. You, if something bad is going to happen, you're going to let it destroy you or you're going to take on that personality, you know, or you just, you, you power through it and strengthens you. One, one of the other quotes I heard, which was pretty funny, is like, when you're going through a rough time and you think everything sucks, just think to yourself, did I shit my pants today? <laughs> and if the answer is no, then you're doing okay. You can keep moving on from there. <laughs> but most days for you, that's, yeah, well, that's, that's a common occurrence. Yeah. Uh, I go through a lot of underwear. I'm a big believer that winners never quit. That's what defines a winner. You know, and as it bring, I'll bring it home to the boxing world. Uh, I think um, Teddy Atlas said about Mike Tyson: if you had to ask him what what Mike Tyson's true record was, it was zero and five. Forget about all the other fights. This guy was so great and so talented that he just powered through everybody. But when he was met with that immovable force, somebody who was equal or maybe even a little bit better than him, he quit. So I take this on to a new level when I coach when I coach kids football. All right, so I've seen some really talented kids. And when that kid is met with an obstacle of somebody who is equal or better than they're going to do one of three things. They're going to quit, they're going to cheat, or they're going to rise above. Those who rise above, those are the ones who become winners. Those and elite. Those yeah, are the elite guys. Those are the elite guys. That's what, that's what makes yeah. an average guy to an elite guy. We've seen exactly. this in football our whole lives. How many guys you've seen who were, they were so good and, and never went anywhere because they never had that drive? to go to take it further and overcome and they they just quit and if you ain't cheating you ain't trying (laughs) (laughs) helen thank you so much for sending that question in uh we really do appreciate the questions keep sending them in and we will try to get them on the air so butch this is a long time coming because we've heard about you now for i'm going to say a good part of a year and a half Mm. and we've been trying to to get in contact with you we finally got you in the studio uh, I want you to tell our audience a little bit about. So you have some high standards to live up to now because the Palma blew you up, you know. So. Oh my God, yeah, <laughs> well, with me, you know, I grew up, you know, grew up in Hoboken. Uh, at a young age, uh, my stepdad, who raised us, took us all to a boxing gym. It was four boys, and uh, what gym was it? A Mile Square Gym in Hoboken on First and Grand Street. Yeah, that was like 1979, 78. That's because Hoboken is a mile square, right? So they yeah, named it so Mile Square Gym. It, it was yeah. named Mile Square Gym, yeah. and and from there, I took a, a a taking to. I used to love to motivate people, so I started training little guys, and I started motivating them and stuff like that. And then, the owner of the gym, who who has who has money, he then. Later years years later, started signing pro fighters, and gave them to me and my partner to train, and that's how we started our pro training the pro fighters, mm. and it just started escalating where we had a great run for many years and won many titles and traveled all over the world. And was it a good relationship with your father? My stepdad. Step it was a great dad. relationship with him. Unfortunately, he committed suicide because mm. he lost he lost a lot of money. He was a big-time businessman in Hoboken, yeah. and he lost a lot of money and committed suicide. Oh, that's a shame. But uh, he taught us He taught us everything. 
You know, it's it's that father son bond. Whether it's a stepdad, whether it's an adopted yeah. parent, there's no uncle. such thing as a stepdad. Yeah, it's no. just a dad. A father, a father's a father. A father's the one who raises yep. you. It, Correct. It's not blood. Yeah, yeah. So I tell people that step, they should eliminate that. Yeah. Well, it takes. You know, well, it, I'm sure you never considered him your stepdad. Never. Yeah. It's very no. easy to be a dad. Father. It's very easy yeah. to be. And a dad. my dad, my real dad's alive. Anybody can I be have a no dad. relationship with him. But it takes it takes a real man to be a father. It takes a real man. But I, that's how I, I bond with my children. And that's why I coach them, because it gives me the opportunity. Not because Just I really want, with them. I don't really want to overbear them. I, I grew up with something like that, being having that overbearing father who did coach. I take it more as an opportunity to train them and to look inside them, to spend time with them. Rather than be on the sidelines, I'm actually I'm That's actively great, involved. That's beautiful, you know, and, and it gives you something to talk about too. Right, right. You know, you you can go home and talk about the games. Yeah. You know, I, I was always involved. That's a plus. That's a I was plus always involved in my kids. You know, my kids' sports. My son and my daughter. I mean, I hated soccer my whole life. Her first year, she played soccer. Oh. I was one of those idiot soccer coaches. <laughs> I I don't know That's the first crazy. thing about it. That's the one thing. My my youngest played soccer. I'm like, oh, come on. I'll tell I you, it's a tough, it's a like tough football, sport. You're a football yeah, guy. Yeah, yeah exactly. Not soccer. But, um, you know, it's that, it's that special bond. But, you know, I think there's something to be said for if you were to have all this boxing knowledge, all right, and you were to pass on without passing on this knowledge, I consider that a real wasted life in any, in anything, you 100%. know, your, your belief in God, Benny, it's if you don't pass that knowledge on to somebody, it is really a wasted life, in my opinion. And mm -hmm. it's, it doesn't, you don't have to have children to pass it on. You pass it on to the next generation so they can pass it on and they can pass it on. So like, I, I commend you for, for reaching out and starting with those little kids because they're fun ones. Oh, wow. Yeah. Forget it. It's, um, it, it's, it's, it's the future. We, you, well, you, you know, it, we, with, with kids, they'll sit there and listen. You know, you, you take someone like I was an instructor in the police academy and you get those new recruits, they're going to listen to you, you know? You get those old grizzled veterans and you're, you're having an in-service <laughs> class. You're like, shut up, kid. You know what time's lunch? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, know, uh, you take the kids at a young age and you mold them. And you know, I mean, that, that's really what it's all about. Oh, you're an instructor. Wow, you did a lot of screaming then. <laughs> oh, God. I lost a lot of my hair from it, too. Yeah. So the first time you stepped in a gym, what, what was that feeling when you were a little kid? I liked it because of all the noise. I remember hearing bang, 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 and the speed bag. The speed bag, the speed bag is something you could never get over. And then people sweating and hitting the bag. And you're talking 1978. It was okay, prime time, time to step into a gym. You got yeah, it was Sylvester Stallone it was up on a big smelly. Yeah. That's what I was gonna say. The first thing had to be the smell. Hot, right? Yeah, very hot because no air conditioning. There's no air conditioning now, in boxing gyms. Central air. <laughs> now it's different, but back then I remember going up the stairs and it was like that's like music to my. I used to love and then, that sound. Yeah, but then you would actually smell. You could smell the glove in your nose without getting hit. <laughs> it was like it was. That, that was my part because I ain't like getting hit. So I slowly I transitioned over to work in the corner. <laughs> and I found out that I liked better being in the corner than getting hit. What's you work in a corner? What's your forte? Is it is it the mitts? Is it just overall training? I was uh if you go on to some of my uh, what I did was I supervised everybody. I had a mid guy, the best mid guy in the business, my partner Ping. I had another guy that I had work on speed, and then I would supervise everything. If I saw if I saw you just working on one thing, 
I would tell you, look, we got to change it up. You're being too repetitious. So I would, again, I would supervise everything. If you look at the corner, we did a episode on Channel 4 called Corner to Corner where they did a special on me, and they, they followed me around because I would just do everything, mm. supervise all my guys. I had a, a, two other trainers. It was me and two other trainers, and I supervised both of them on whatever I wanted them to do. If if you're not jabbing enough, I'll tell you, look, he's got to jab more. You know, he's got to step. He's be, you know, he's being too straight up. Bring the chin down, lower the knees, this, that's so. all. It's too white. Yeah, no. <laughs> that's some tough white guys, man. That white, that white, that's a myth. You got tough white guys, brother. Well, that's when Cooney comes in here. I'm just going to break yeah. his chops about yeah. being a white guy. <laughs> um, the white maybe not hope. too hard. The white hope. The green maybe not too hard. Uh, we had Stewie, too. You met Stewie. Stewie, yeah. Stewie, Stewie, was, Stewie boxed? Yeah, Stewie fought. So Stewie I, I hear I hear story, and I, I know Stewie, but I hear he was a little, he was a tough little bastard. He was tough. Yeah, yeah, tough. Stewie was tough. Yeah, yeah. yeah I guess My yeah. brother gave him the biggest beating of his life. <laughs> my brother, my older brother. Yeah, he tells everybody that. What do you do? Catch him doing something wrong in the street or in the ring? No, in the street. Yeah, <laughs> they were at the time they were doing that angel dust and all that yeah, crazy yeah, stuff. Yeah. yeah, you know they they sort of go awry, but you know the, in in the inner cities, especially in the inner cities, you have youth that flock to these gyms. And um, I used to do some stuff with uh, East Orange Pal, and um, sure enough, you know some of the kids that were in there, they were they were on the border of. Getting into some bad uh-huh. stuff. One night I'm on patrol when I was working and car, they were stealing something. And I see one of the kids running. I'm like, yep, that's Tariq. I knew you exactly know. who it was. And I caught him. And I said, what do you think Coach Bilal is going to say to you? What do you think? He's, he's going to beat my ass. That's exactly what he said to me. He's going to beat my ass. I said, he got you into boxing to get you out of this garbage. You know, and thankfully we were able to get the kid help. And last I checked, the kid's on the straight and narrow. But that's what boxing does. It's a great place for people to go in, especially in the inner city, to work 100%. out their aggressions and mm-hmm. to move, to exercise, to realize that it's not about fighting. It's about science. Discipline. About, yeah, discipline. That's what I was going to say. It's, yeah, it's all it. about aggression release and discipline. You can't be a good boxer unless you're discipline. disciplined. Discipline. Believe yeah. me, we used, to, we used to get all these muscle heads come out of prison. And they were like, they were like live meat, bro, for yeah. us. <laughs> because they ain't know how to fight. We knew how to fight. You know, they were just wild goose. We used to we used to fuck all them niggas up. You used to come out like that. And we used to be like, yo, I wanna I wanna go in there. Yeah, Cause they didn't know how to fight. They were just big. Yeah. Yeah. So I that would live me for us, man. I was like But hopefully you taught them a good lesson because there's a huge difference between street fighting and boxing. Yeah, yeah, of course. Like I said, so, some of the toughest people I've ever seen are the small guys that know how to fight. That know I mean, how to fight. Oh, it's, it's unbelievable. Yeah. And, and usually, I've seen him beat the shit out of some bigger guys. I'm like, oh, yeah, usually a, a, a guy that knows how to fight is the most genuine person you're going to meet, the most respectful person. When you know what you know, you don't need to be a loud mouth. Or not. Because you could be the most polite guy in the world. Uh, you know, and I found that across t- mixed martial arts, boxing, yeah, any, MMA, t- any, all that, yeah. any type of combat sport, they are normally the calmest people in the world, and they are very rarely, the, if 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 Mike didn't screw, try to screw me up always on my opening, I, you would have heard my opening. And they're very rarely the aggressors. They are the warriors in a garden. It's crazy, but it's rather like than that. Rather than a gardener in a, in a they're war. They're confident. Yeah, they're confident. Because they know at any time. They know. 
They know. Because oh, it's, it's the guy with the big mouth that tries to prove himself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, he's always like is, shooting the fucking yeah, app. You go and, somewhere. He's not confident. And this yeah, guy's exactly, yelling. Exactly. He's got his pants halfway down. <laughs> and you're like, yo, man, you don't know, man. I'll break your neck in a second. What about the, so you got the dog on your t-shirt. The dog boy. that barks the loudest is rarely going to yeah. bite. It's the one that's quiet. The one that gun's going to come and just snatch you. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. But that's what it, it teaches. It teaches young kids who who maybe don't have that structure at home. You know, a lot. Then that happens. A very, lot of them don't frequently in the inner cities because in the inner city. maybe they don't have a father. Or they, their home life's a little jacked up, or they don't have a yeah, lot of money, yeah. and they don't know how. They they were never taught properly how to deal with their emotions. So you bring them in a boxing gym, and it's like, no, bro, you got to keep it under all control. that stress. No, you teach them how to channel. Yeah, you got to keep it under control. Mm-hmm. Or, or they don't have the self-esteem also. Now, once yeah. they see that, mm-hmm. you know, what they could do in a, you know, or you, heavy bag. Either, or, or, or you thought you were a bad boy, and now you figure out <laughs> yeah, you're not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, it's, it's well, a humble. Mike, Mike, Tyson, Mike Tyson. Oh, who's it? Mike Tyson said it. He goes, everybody's a tough guy until they get so punched right in the fucking mouth. has yeah. a plan. Yeah, he's right. So. My right. my, I bring my my youngest kids, my both my kids into into uh, Ed uh, Lee, who knows you. Oh yeah, yeah good so, guy from Dover. So yeah, but he yeah. he also runs the pal in my my town. So I bring my kids there. He's in Dover, no? He he is, but he also has a has one in. Uh, he runs the the pal in Parsippany, New Jersey. So I bring my kids over there, and my my son always you know he's always into boxing and stuff. And and I said, son, it's a humbling experience when you get knocked down. I always thought I was a pretty tough guy, but when I'm I'm thinking I'm leaning up against a wall and that's the canvas <laughs> on my face, it's a humbling experience. You think you're tough, you bring you right down. Oh yeah, but that's isn't that the truth though? We we all need to be humbled from time to time. Yeah, it happens to all of us. Yeah. How yeah. humbling was it for? And I hate to keep harping on on Mike Tyson, but how humbling was it for him to get knocked out by Buster Douglas? Yeah, he was an unbeatable champ. Yeah, and once he uh, once he lost. That was it. He was you never say Nobody again. was that scared of him anymore. Well, you had that with uh, Roy Jones Jr. So Roy Jones Jr. got a little older. And, and pound he, for pound. And he got just a hair slower. And then once somebody beat him. Tava. Yeah, once Antoine Tava. Oh, that's right. I forgot Tava, about that. Tava, yeah. Yeah, so once he got beat, then it just, it, it fell. Tava wasn't scared of him. You remember in the middle of the ring? Yeah. Tava said, what are you going to do now? What are you going to do? Yeah. yeah. But you, mm-hmm. you've raised some. So well, even pretty. even Roberto Duran back. Then. Oh, that's my boy. That's his boy, that's my yeah. good friend. That's, yeah, I mean, he was Roberto. Roberto's one of hands the best. Hands of stone. He, yeah, hands of stone. What, what they call it, Manos. Mono yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Roberto was a bad yeah. boy. He was the, tough. The one that lacked humility, in my opinion, it's my opinion, is um, Oscar De La Hoya. So he had a fight against Forrest. Oh, Vernon. Vernon, Vernon, Vernon Forrest, Forrest, which I thought was one Rest of the best fights. Which uh, would, did Vernon Forrest die? Yeah, he passed. Oh. Yeah, they, they shot. They him. killed him in a gas station. Oh no! Wow. That was one of the best fights I ever seen Oscar De La Hoya fight, and it, both sides it was a great fight. And I remember afterwards, rather than give Forrest a, a little bit of props and say, "Hey, listen, that was a great fight," they asked him, "Would you do a, a, two, a number two? And he goes, "Nah, I think my fans want to see more exciting fights." I'm like, "What are you talking about? This guy yeah, just yeah, you wanted to stay away. That was his way out of it. That's right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I ain't you going in there. I ain't going in there with him again. <laughs> but that's what happens, you know. And and, and you know, he, he's got his own thing going now, but I never liked that, and it never sat right with me because yeah. he lacked that humility. No, that was him running away from the next one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. you know? and I, Exactly. That's why I was always a big fan of George Foreman, because he had— Big George. Well, especially George. as he got older, he, he became humble. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I saw him in an elevator once. He's he fit. Tons he's, of, oh, you see how big his hands are? He's got the biggest hands I've ever seen on a human he, being. He shook my hand. Yeah. <laughs> they're, they're they're like, like, he was like a circus freak. Yeah. And, you know, and, and it's funny, hands. the way he punched as he got older— he just like leaned into you, and that that 
big fucking the sledgehammer. Like, he yeah. was knocking people all over. It didn't even look like he hit someone hard. Well, he came actually, back in the sudden, 40s and took, actually, it, took uh, the belt. Jerry, when you get Jerry, I guess Jerry would be his heart. <laughs> yeah, 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 Jerry. Right. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. that's right. Yeah, well, <laughs> he I, Jerry, yeah. I, I listen. I saw him in his George Foreman grill days when he was commentating, and he was he was a very very nice, very sweetheart of a man. Oh, I wanted to pinch. Guy. I wanted to pinch his cheeks. I mean, that's yeah. he was just yeah, adorable. Yeah, yeah. He's made a yeah. ton of money with yeah, that. Yeah, that's good for him. Good yeah. for him because I know boxers as they get older. They and I know Jerry was running that fist program to help retire yeah. boxers. Because I know they they tend to get taken advantage of by their upper management. Holyfield's one of them. Yeah. Oh, well, King broke. World Productions. Almost broke. Yeah. Yeah, by King World Productions or something like that. Well, he got into a lot of investments. They took advantage of him, and he yeah. lost all his money. He had to sell the house he made for his family when he fought Mike Tyson. Remember that big house he made? That was generational. Like, yeah. yeah. That was uh, uh, Joe Frazier had that same thing with Cloverlay. Mm. So Cloverlay, was, was, he was the first corporate boxer, I guess you would call it, mm. where you had investments behind them. And Cloverlay really just, they just picked mm-hmm. the money. And by the time he died, he, he, was, he was pretty broke. Yeah. He was running that gym in Philly. But I mean, unless you're not a big name boxer, you don't make that much money, right? Exactly. You know, I mean, you see these guys like Mike Tyson was making 22 million a fight. Because that's Not Mike Tyson. It's only the top. And now, now the guys on the undercard are probably walking out of there with $5,000, you yeah, know, mm-hmm. 1500 Getting mm-hmm. their brains beat in, you know. But how much has MMA taken away from the sport of Nothing. boxing? Nothing? No, we, our fan base is totally different. Yeah. And, and, and boxers make way more money than mm-hmm. MMA guys. Yeah, they always And have. MMA is uh, it's a tough sport. Yeah, you know because it's with, it's in and out with MMA. Yeah, but see, with Dom, one fight could end your career. You mm-hmm. know, you get decapitated here and this and that, and that's it. It's over. It's it's a different it's a different mindset. But I know a lot of boxers try to make the transition because right now mm-hmm. I'm going to say right now the limelight is on them. So, are you still seeing the same influx of boxers coming into the gym? Yeah, you know, you know, boxing. Right now, again, it's on a high. Yeah, it's it's again, it's on a high, and um, I miss the days of those big card events. I love. Yeah, them. they're they're all now in Vegas, Atlantic City. Since it's it's a rundown city, you know, the big promoters don't want to do and nothing. Gotti's gone since Gotti left. God bless him, man. Yeah, so it, it's 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 a tough tough. Arturo sport. Thunder Gotti. Mm-hmm. Yeah. but you've raised yeah. some big go- some big boxers. Yeah, mm-hmm. I've been. I, I, I had uh, Andrew Sixhead Lewis. I had Hector Acero Sanchez. I had Carlos Tamara. Now the Cuban, your Dennis Ugas, who's done uh, good things. We we just lost. We unified the titles at the AT and T Stadium mm-hmm. with Earl Spence, and we lost. But that was a huge event with the. Uh, with the owner of the Cowboys, uh, Jerry, Jerry, Jerry Jones. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, he greeted us over there. They treated us really nice because it was uh, uh, over 40,000 fans. But they beat Pacquiao to get that fight. Yeah, so they, we retired. Manny they, retired they retired. They retired. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, he retired. Yeah, we yeah. beat Manny in August, which is that belt. Right. And then we became the super champion. And then we unified... With, with Earl, which is a huge, huge thing in the boxing pay per view, huge, yeah, yeah mm-hmm. just a, yeah, one of the biggest fights biggest of the fights, year. Yeah, it was yeah. our mm-hmm. fight. What's coming up? What's coming up next? You got everybody in the pipeline. We're, yep. we're talking about fighting uh, Keith Thurman, and and that's a good money fight. I I I would like him to do two or three more fights and then retire. He's made a couple million dollars, so you know, boxing is tough. So as a trainer, you become really emotionally invested in your in your fighters. They're you know? your sons, man. That's yeah. a son. So when you see them in there and they're taking a beating, like you you know they're taking a beating. I, How, I cried, what, bro. What's yeah. it feel like? That's what yeah, I want to know. I cry. I still cry like a baby because I 
just just because you don't want to see him. Like I, I win him all the time. He he becomes like my little brother. The, the my fighters are six days a week, mm. Monday through Saturday. They're with me. So now you got your eye closed. And they want to please. They want to please you like a little brother yeah, would want to please a big brother. It, like like this fight with Ugas, I wanted to stop the fight in the eighth round. He wanted to keep going, and then the doctor stopped it. If you see the fight, his eye was closed shut. He couldn't see. You know, I, I never understood that watching boxing, like how like a guy's mother and his wife is in the crowd. You know, and, 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 and you to see what? him the up there day, getting his ass beat. The next be like, day, bro. The next day, because you got to understand. <clears throat> Right now, I, you just finished fighting. Your eyes closed. Your butt, your nose is busted. Your jaw's hurting. Imagine you to go to sleep that night. You're yeah. not. You're probably not. And you continue to swell. So the next day, you look like Martin Lawrence. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, seriously. I mean, and, and everything hurts. I remember a fighter, Hector, he, he couldn't lay his head down. And he called me, coach. Everything hurt. I can't even lay my head down to go to sleep. Everything was hurting. Well, that was one of the, the biggest scenes in the movie Creed. All right, so oh. Creed's talking to his, I guess it's his stepmother. And uh, I, I guess it would be his stepmother. And he wants to get involved in boxing. She doesn't want him because obviously she lost her husband. But he says, you weren't there when I had to lift your father off the toilet seat after a fight and put him to bed mm. and wipe his ass and do all that stuff. And nobody nobody was there to see that stuff. Yeah, you saw him on TV, and he was Apollo Creed, and he was all yeah. great and everything. But you didn't see this this stuff afterwards. And that always stuck with me. That one scene always 100%. stuck with me. Because, you know, the day after is always, that's when the pain that's really is. Saying. Especially if you lost. People don't see that. Especially if you lost. Then it's equal. Because oh. then your ego Those hurt. were the longest mm. flights, bro. <laughs> <laughs> when you win, that, that, when you win, yeah, you yeah. want you want everybody to see you. Yeah, yeah, when yeah. you lose, those are the longest flights. But see, flights, that's man. another thing. Like, do you fly out the night of the fight? We fly the next day in the morning. I was gonna the say, first so, thing out, we want to leave. So, you know, win or lose. You, 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 we did a lot more. I've been blessed. I thank God. We did a lot more winning than losing. Yeah. But when you lose... Man, it's a you long gotta flight, sit man. on that plane, man. Oh, That's got to be rough. I and mean, then for me, your head like, hurts I'm used you. to winning. Like, it hits me more as the days go on, man. It it bothers and me, you man. Re, you replay it in your head? Yeah, I'll be like, my wife is like, babe, already stop. I'm like, fuck, man, we lost. <laughs> Not that I'm a soul loser, because I, I, I'm the first one to go and congratulate you. Mm-hmm. I can't stand a soul loser, bro. If you lose, the better man won. That's it. Well, that's part of sports in yeah. general. You got to learn teach how to that, lose. I teach that even with the, the little guys. When a little guy cries, th- that parent should take him to the winner. Talk to him. It's okay to lose, bro. Every yeah. there is there has never been one sporting one seventy two do- seventy two dolphins were the only team to win no. every game. That's there was, it. There was that's it. There was no else lost. There Nobody's was no perfect. athlete in history that can say they went from start to finish without losing. Yeah, yeah. It's only Mayweather, but. Well, he, I mean, he, he, yeah. <laughs> sure, he lost a couple amateur fights here and there. Oh, I thought uh, Jose Luis Castillo beat him. Yeah. That was a good fight. So, yeah, yeah but Mayweather did lose in the Olympics. Yeah. yeah. They right? took so, it from him, though. They took it from him. But he he felt that. Yeah, and yeah, and yeah. that's the that, 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 that bothers him to today. That yeah. changed him. That, yeah. that did something to you, him. You got to feel yeah. that loss. And mm-hmm. I teach that in, in the kids that I coach now. You got to be, you gotta, uh, you gotta be a good loser. Head up. You didn't. Did you play your hardest? If you played your hardest, there's nothing to be ashamed of. And um, you know you're teaching them right. But but the boxers, what what's the, what comes out of the the if you're sitting on the plane, cameras are off, nobody's around. What's coming out of the boxer's mouth? 
what he could have did to win. And uh, they they turned to me, and the first thing I say, look, the better man won. Now, you you could have jabbed. Today. The better man today yeah. won, yeah. You could have jabbed. You could have used some more combinations. I was telling you what to do, and you wouldn't listen. Some, some fighters, because the fight gets hard, they shut down, as you know in sports. When you guys got a tight football game, Sometimes they're not listening to the plays because the game is so tight. They're worried about how tight the game is. So you got to always listen. A, a, a good a fighter, a good athlete is an athlete that listens to their coach. Mm. You know, I could be the best coach in the world, but if you don't listen to me, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I tell people if if it was easy, anybody could do it. So in order for you to, to, to be better than that other person, you got to work harder. You got to listen. You got to do Hard every, work beats talent, especially when talent every doesn't day. work talent hard. Doesn't work every hard. day. Yeah. Every day. You know, and, and that's another thing. When they're in the ring, they're not seeing the big picture. You know, they're only seeing like what's in front of them. You being on the side, being yeah. the coach, you could see the whole picture. We, we see it all. Yeah. We're the third eye. Yeah. We're so, the third eye. And, and remember, you're getting punched, bro. <laughs> now your eye swelled up. You got head butted. You got cut. That changes everything. That changes the way you're thinking as a fighter. So I put myself in my fighter's body because now I got cut. But that hurts. And then your eyes close. And the blood you're dripping over your, your nose. I, as a trainer, when you come back, I got to clean you out. I got to do this. And you're like, oh, I'm losing. Am I losing? Am I winning? It's, it's nerve-wracking. You got, you got one minute to make it all happen yeah. and get the hell out of there and go down. In that, for it, another three minutes, and then one minute, minutes. and then another three minutes. It's, it's like the race car drivers that change the tires. Yeah, and yeah, pit stop. When you're in the when you're in the corner with a with a especially at a high profile fight, you're in the corner. <laughs> what different. are you What are you saying to them? I mean, it, are you focusing on? I guess you got to try to keep them positive. hundred percent, you got to stay positive, even when it's not positive. Yeah. You got to stay because I can't tell you. Hey, John, you're fucking up. You're getting fucked up, man. I, I can't do that. I got to say, listen, the reason you can't hit with that right hand is because you keep going to the right. <laughs> Move to the left. Why have we been practicing in the gym? Come on. You can do it, brother. Let's go. Right. You know, or I, I remember for a world title fight, I used, uh, I said, oh, I used his son. I said, your son is watching you right now. Do you want him to, for you for you to lose? And that woke him up. That, yeah. that that was like that when I told him your son is watching you get beat up because you're getting beat up that that woke him up that was the the trick that did it using his son but then with with all of your fighters there's an expiration date there is a time to hang it up because and this is wow. something when you fought at what there's a point where you say I just uh, it's I'm, I'm done yeah, that okay. happened now with uh I got a real popular Peruvian fighter uh Jonathan Marcello. And uh, real popular. The guy's the most famous guy in Peru. But he's 38 years old already. And now Top Rank was calling me for tough, to fight tough guys. Because right. he still has a good record. I love him like a son. And I told him, I'm not going to make money on your blood, bro. I invite then you. You're, he's then got you're a three, vampire. Yeah, he's mm-hmm. got three restaurants. He's got two boxing gyms. So he, he's done good. I, I did good by him. Cause he made he made a little bit of money and he invested it, hmm. but I said I'm I'm making blood money from you. I love you too much. I can't do it. Right. I said it's time to hang it up, and he cried and 
He said, I could still do it, coach. I said, everybody could do it. Everybody could still do it. You want to end up like Muhammad Ali, you know, what, not talking thing, properly? One of the things, and, and that's the point I'm leading up to, they call it like punch drunk. You know, I see it all the time, you, you, bro. You see, they, they speech. Slurs. I mean, you, you talk to people playing football. Concussions are a big thing in football now. Boxers take more hits to the head than, than football players do. Do you ever yeah. see but Jerry Quarry never... at the end of his life? Jerry Quarry? So Jerry, you see Terry Norris. So Jerry Quarry fought Muhammad Ali. Yeah. At the end of his life, Jerry Quarry couldn't even talk. It, it was so uh, sad. Uh, Tommy Hearns? Tommy, uh, yeah. Tom, well, Tommy Hearns. In all fairness, Tommy Hearns could never talk while he was boxing. Yeah, but he's bad. Um, Vito Interfermo. Oh, Vito Interfermo was a tough son of a gun. I, I saw him. Tough. He goes to a restaurant that I go to in Bayonne every once in a while. Oh, Bayonne. And he His walks son in. works at the dealership. Yeah, yeah. At the Chrysler. He, he walks in one day and says, uh, says to the owner, he knows the owner, and they take care of him. He's like, uh, hey, what am I having for lunch today? They said, Vito, you just had lunch. He said, Oh yeah, turn around and walked out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's uh, it's, it's, it's actually sad. Tough. I mean, you uh, know, they actually, talk about all the CTEs with with no, football. no, it's bad, you know? it's bad. And boxers don't have like a fun. Yeah, you see, ninety percent of them are broke. Mm -hmm. Well, in the NFL, they get they get you know they get all their health plans and all that stuff. Yeah. You know, yeah, it's different. We Boxing, don't have we yeah. don't have a league. Yeah, Box, exactly. Boxing doesn't have a league. You think that's ever going to change? Because they got to take I, care I, of these I, Teddy, Teddy was trying to do something about that, yeah. but I, not, nothing's come about it. The, the, the promoters don't want it. Of course. Of course they lose money. Yeah, exactly. They lose it's money. About, they lose it's money. about money. You know, you put a union. You, you put, put a union, union in, yeah. Uh, put a union in, mm -hmm. put a union aside. They don't want <laughs> But, you know, you, you are you going to be that first one to step up and say, yeah, I want a union? Well, guess what? You're never getting signed to a contract. You're top never going to Top ranking calling you again no, after you Bob do Barrum that. Bob will say, don't pick <laughs> up that call. Yeah, right. Yeah, it's a business. Bob Barrum. Now you got uh, PVC, uh, Al Heyman, he's a big dog, um, and De La Hoya. There, there's very few promoters because boxing has changed a lot. Before it was Don King, right. yeah. and, and Bob Arum has still been around, but a lot of, a lot of the boxing has changed now. You know, they, it's, it's a sin because when it's time to hang up the gloves, you know, these guys have been fighting their whole lives. They're not college-educated people. To do. What do you do? What do you do? Ha you know, some, Sad, of the, some of them will go into the training aspect, and they got a name, and they can bring a name in, into a gym very or something. Few, though, yeah, very few. But other than that, they're, they just they, they have to re-enter society, where it's different, it's different in most pro sports. You know, even MMA fighters. MMA fighters, they open up a school, they'll be fine. Pro boxers, what are they going to do? What are they going to do? It's different, yeah. It's different. Yeah, but like, like, you know, in law enforcement, we retire from law enforcement, we could get maybe a security job or, you right. know, a consultant job yeah. or something like that. Oh, in boxing, once your career is over, it's like, where do I go from here? What, are you going to be a street fighter? Yeah, you don't know how to talk. You can't talk right. They, they, um, from my experience, a lot of the fighters are lost. When, when they can't fight anymore, they, then they're lost. So you're taking yeah, away their them, identity. Yeah, a lot of them mm. become homeless. It's a. I, I saw the uh, Verwet the other day, guy that fought uh, the ranch, Sugar Ray Leonard. He's out in the street, man. That's yeah. my family. Yeah, that's that's a Bang sad it. thing. Yeah. Well, you know, oh, and, and that's a, that's the thing. You know, me and Kevin are both retired, and it was tough. Something that you put your whole life into, a career that you put your whole life into. Now your career is over. Not easy. Yeah, it's not you know, easy. when your boxing career is over. Yeah, you guys, you guys no, always you have, you guys always have an out, especially in law enforcement. Well, we got, you know, we got, we have a pension system set up, yeah, you know, educated too, which, which is why we chose yeah, our profession. Not Kevin so much. No, not that. He's much. not that educated. <laughs> not that much. But we have that in place because a long time ago, 
it wasn't so much. And in other states, it's not like it is in New Jersey. New Jersey is very fortunate where we have all those yeah, systems yeah, set yeah. up. At some point, boxing is going to have to change. You know, either it's going to be having to pay for health health things down the line because I think that's going to help help it change. It's got to because if you were a, if you were a brand new parent and your young son, ten year old son, I want to go box. What are you going to think? It, you're in boxing, so it's it's not it's an unfair question. Yeah, but. No, somebody, no, somebody but it's, not. But it's that, not the out, man. I would tell them, listen, do it to, to get in shape and learn discipline and self-defense. But to, to try to make it a career, yeah. that's not the way to go. I mean, mm. how many boxers really do make it? You like, know? Listen, I've had tons of fighters. This guy and another guy, two waterweights, have made the most money, a couple million dollars each. Mm. But that's out of... Yeah. Tons of fighters I've had. Two, two. And then I've had other guys who've made 200000 a fight and stuff. But, but like this guy is different. That's $5 million a fight. It's, a, it's another, but yeah. that's rare. You yeah, don't, exactly. You don't. But see, everybody of, sees four rounder, $1,500. Everybody sees the glory end of it. You know, like you said, all these big time guys making millions and millions of dollars. They don't see the other guys. Like you said, getting your ass beat for $1,500. People are always looking at the finish line with everything. And I'm sure at one point in your lives, you looked at the finish line and say, I'm going to be here. Yeah. And I'm going to be like that guy. Like Benny, you say you grew up on the streets where you're, you're admiring these people who are into some bad stuff. Yeah. Hey, I'm going to be there. Well, Benny was there. Yeah. Benny was there. He changed his life. I'm and, proud of him. But there's that there's that progression in order to get either down the wrong rabbit hole or down the right rabbit hole. But but you you've you've spent your time in the boxing ring. But you got a you got a worse fight going on now. <laughs> fight the fight of my life now. You got the fight of your life. Yeah. And why don't you let us in on what the what the new fight is? Well, I I uh years uh, about four years ago, uh I worked at the hospital for thirty five years. I was security guard at the hospital in Hoboken. Uh, four years ago in the emergency room, I, I passed out. And then they went. You took, were in the right place. I was, yeah, I was in uniform. <laughs> I was in uniform. I was working. And when they rushed me in, they was like, oh my God, you're suffering from a kidney failure. Your kidneys are at, uh, they were like at 8%. So they took me to uh, intensive care. And they gave me blood. I had to give me blood. My anemic level was four. Wow. Yeah. The, the doctor said, how the hell are you even standing up? It's amazing. But anyway, they rushed me to intensive care. And uh, they had to give me a couple pint, couple bags of blood. And I was there a couple of weeks in intensive care. And right from there, they they, they put the, uh, the catheter in my heart, which I still have. Uh, what do you got the to, port? The port? Yeah, port. The port. Yeah. I got the port uh, to clean to do the dialysis. I had to do dialysis immediately because my blood was so bad that they were scared that I was going to have a heart, a massive heart attack. So, the, what is there? Is there any reason for this? Is it a yeah, genetic uh, thing or is diabetes it- and hypertension? And excuse me, but my fat ass eating cheesecakes and <laughs> and see, I never did drugs. L- in my let's life. just say diet. Yeah, my, <laughs> diet, my diet was terrible. I never. I never did drugs. I never smoked because, again, I wanted to be a role model to everybody that looked up to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought you could do it without ever. I never, never even tried. Never even tried marijuana. Never, nothing, because I wanted to pride myself on that to to be able to say, 
I never smoked weed, never did no drugs, never, ever. So I pride myself. That that would that's my pride even to this day, that I'm 53 years old. So anyway, they rushed me to the intensive care. I was there a couple of weeks. Uh, they put me on dialysis immediately and uh chronic kidney disease. And you know what? People are like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. Don't feel sorry for me. First of all, I did this to myself because of my bad eating habits. Which is actually actually the worst thing because you can't get mad at anybody. Yeah, exactly. You know, if it was I genetic, did it to myself. Or, yeah, you did it to like yourself. The French crawlers and all the other <laughs> crap I eat. But I, I tell people that in my position, I think I was putting this for a reason. Because I go to the dialysis center, I pick people up. They think I work there, but I'm still strong. <laughs> I pick people up. I take them out of the stretches. I put them in the wheelchairs. I wheel the lady in. And they're like, oh, you work here? I said, no, nah, I'm going to face it. And, and, and I helped them because, again, I could. I, I'm strong. I'm one of the few guys I drive. I drive to, to the dialysis yeah. center in Hoboken. And, I, I, again, I think I was put in this position to help people. Everybody's put, put in a position for a reason. You know, I believe you're right. Maybe this was the reason that you were put there. You're showing these people strength. Strength to adversity. Yeah. You know, you're going through the same thing they are, and they're seeing how strong you are. So maybe that gives them some hope and, that, and maybe gives them some strength. And you know what, Captain, Lieutenant, uh, it, that helps me, though. Yeah. Well, your so attitude. Me, me picking her up from that from that stretcher helps me because it shows me, hey, I can still pick her up. You had every right to sit there and feel sorry for yourself and say, yeah. oh, I took, I got a bad break. I got a bad break. I did nah. this. I've been blessed in life, yeah. man. Yeah. Yeah. Like you guys in law enforcement that I look up to cops, you guys were blessed to have a, a good career and what you like to do. Yeah. Obviously, you like police work. You like screaming at people. That's what you did. You were probably one of the best uh, instructors around. Motivators. He was probably one of the best instructors. So you were good at what you guys did. But it, as in the same in the same vein as being a trainer, as being a, a, an instructor in anything, is if you yell and scream, and that person who you're yelling and screaming at doesn't understand that you love them, then they're not going to listen to you. Oh. It has to come from your, your a place of love. Your message is not going to get across. Yeah, it has to be. It has to come from a place of love. Yeah. Because also, otherwise, also, it's just mean. Also, like you said, though, in order to be that coach or that instructor, you have to practice what you preach. You know, you can't 100%. just go out and tell tell a kid, you know, go do fifty push-ups. Yeah. Unless you got to know what you're talking you, about. You know, you never smoked weed. You never did drugs. You're preaching to these kids: don't smoke weed, don't do drugs. You know, blah blah. And don't eat French crawlers now. Yeah. That's now, the, and yeah. if you left there and went and I smoked, tell them now, smoked in, based diet. if you tell them not to do that and then you go out and smoke a joint they'll say this guy's a fucking yeah, idiot that was, he's a fraud no, he's yeah, very yeah. genuine he's I, uh, like that I, uh, that's why, see, you're, that's why this that's guy why you're so prof- uh, this so guy successful. changed his life this guy was a big time drug dealer and he changed his life he got shot he did many years in prison he came out and changed his life that's what we love and uh, he's got a good story to tell so that's what, our, that's what our show's all about what yeah, our show's all yeah. about is yeah. You, you, now I'll bet you, Benny, and not to not to get off butch, but I'll bet you you mm-hmm. appreciate life so much better, Every day. so much more. Every day, because it was almost taken from you. Uh, he was I shot. Flat, I flatlined. He was dying. You did. They, 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 I flatlined. I died. You know, he they, shot me, and I, I walked away. I told him I'm, I'm hit. I got in my car and I drove off. I drove myself to the hospital. When I took my shirt off, the bullet fell out of the other side. It was a hollow tip. They couldn't wow. save all of my stomach. My uh, lungs collapsed. 
but I, I saved my life. But now you speak to, and but you the same way. You 100%. speak to you speak mm-hmm. to those younger kids. They're going to yeah. listen to you. But because we you've teach been there. them. We teach them from example because mm-hmm. they look up to us. They look up to me for where I, you know, been, and they look up to him because of where he's been and what he's going through. And then what we do is we buy nice cars and, and we take the kids and let them take pictures and we talk to them and. You know, it's the, like I told you, I, I realized that I had the wrong role models, so I'm the right role model. Mm. Well, you create the right role model by example. By example. By example. I mean, you weren't born this way. No. You, you created this. I created this. this. I yes. made Benny love. Absolutely. Nobody made Benny love. Absolutely. And I, made, I made the decision, and, mm. I, and this is only the beginning, and, and that's why I don't carry my father's name. That's why I started my own generation. And that's why Butch Sanchez wasn't born. Butch Sanchez. Butch oh, Sanchez no. was made through mm-hmm. hard work. And mm-hmm. but the the funny thing is, is you've done all these great things in your life, and what you're doing now, fighting this good fight and lifting other people up yeah. through your adversity, that's the good stuff. Yeah, yeah. that's the it's, good it's, stuff. It's like a give back. Yeah, I think it's like a give back. Yeah. I don't, yeah. I don't, cause I don't like nobody. Like I said, oh, sorry. I feel it, sorry like for me. Said, I lived a good life already. It, it's showing them that there is good out there. You know, you could pick yourself up people, off the streets. Man. There's a lot of good You could pick yourself up yeah. off the streets. Like you said, Benny, when, when you were growing up, you had bad role models. So you tried to emulate them. Mm-hmm. Then you came that close to death and you said, maybe these aren't right the, the right people to emulate. You know, and now you start. Yeah, I was already like making the change. But a friend of mine told me, don't think that they changed because you did. And that was the big mistake that I made. I yeah. stayed. I stayed. After uh, I was out, I stuck. Yeah, you stayed with her for a little I gave while. Him the, I gave him the opportunity to kill me. Holy cow. Yeah, uh, he got a story to tell this kid. Holy cow. We're going to have to talk on the, about yeah. that on another episode, Benny. We're definitely going to have to talk about this that. This is the famous <laughs> Benny Love. <laughs> Everybody knows him. Hey, listen, I, I Unfortunately love for me, right, but fortunately for the other ones that are learning. So, so one quick hobo hey, question. But, but listen, your, your story is going to help someone else. Yeah. It is. Yeah, you know? thank God. Yeah. You're, you're, I got a quick Hoboken question for both of you. You got Stuart Churichella. Or you got Benny Love, okay? Where where you guys sit? No, Stewie. Let me tell you something about Stewie, man. I'm really proud of Stu because Stewie took another route. I never did drugs like him. I never smoked weed. I never drank. I owned the bar for five years. Never had one drink. Stewie is probably stronger than I am because he faced that adversity and walked away. Now he's a role model. See, that's how I know. And I'm going to have to break Stewie's chops about this. Now Stewie's I know that funny. you're above Stewie. Your 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 brand is above Stewie yeah, just yeah. because of your humility, and it's a wonderful thing. Humility is is Thank you. humility is the most admirable trait in people. He's, he's changed though. He yeah. wasn't like that. I'm sure. I'm yeah, sure. But he's a different person. Uh, you know, you're, you know, I used to kill what I ate. Oh. <laughs> Oh, 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 we'll get into that in another episode. <laughs> it was a different world, you know. Like you had yeah. to, that was it, you know. It's dog eat dog world. Yeah, yeah. But that's, that's what I live. But that's that's what's so great about about you, Butch, is you've done all these great things in your career. Totally blessed, totally and blessed. you're still humble and you're still you, you approachable. Have to always. You have to. You know, titles, I hate people that titles. that when they get a little bit of thing, they like. Those are the worst people, man. Listen, you should. Be, the easiest thing in this world, bro, is to be friendly. The easiest yeah. thing. When, when we go I out, mean, I'm always telling everybody, he's a Hall of Fame trainer. He's a, <laughs> he never not once mentioned it. But, nice. I, but I want everybody to know because he's so humble yeah, that I'm like, you don't know die. who you're standing next to. You this know, man and, is a Hall of Fame and I don't think I don't even think not we yet. mentioned that. Not yet. November 10th. November 10th. November 10th. Will be November 10th. Yeah, yeah, the Venetian. Yeah. You guys should yeah, go. Yeah, yeah. We have a New Jersey Boxing Hall of Famer Hall in of our fame, presence. Man. So coming November 10th, which is Thursday night. Pretty close to... 
pretty close to when this show is going to air, and we kind of try to oh, time, wow, we yeah. tried to time it that way nice. to celebrate this amazing accomplishment. Oh, yeah. wow. You know how many people they fight their whole lives and they never get recognized for it, and you're getting yeah. recognized for all wow, the good it's work. It's a beautiful that you've done. event. I I sold over a hundred tickets. Yeah, yeah. It's, I my my I sold the most. I sold over ten tables. Nice. And the Venetian, if you guys been there, it's I've a nice place. Yeah. Yeah. That's where my divorce yeah. proceeding started. <laughs> <laughs> we got to go. We we should hit we should. the Venetian up. We should do that. support. I think I st we still have my yeah. tickets. They're $100. Coming, comes with the food. Hoboken PD has a table. Venetian is a, is a, is a, a top-notch place. Oh, yeah. and I got nominated by the president. And Snooki got, and, and got married there. Oh, yeah? yeah? Oh, she did, yeah. It's a nice place. The Venetian is but, beautiful. But, it, Kev, if we do go, we're going to have to bring our, our Hoboken dictionaries home. Huh? Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're yeah. going to be around a whole bunch of yeah. Hoboken. It's going to be a lot of discs. You know, just call me for another ticket today, too, so you got somebody else from Hoboken coming. Yeah, yeah. Oh, we'll get the comedy. There's a lot of people from Hoboken gone. Yeah, he, but he, we gotta have that him. could go wrong in so many ways, Mike. He, he sold like a hundred tickets and ninety five. I don't know. I don't know. Five of them. Palmer's gone. Ninety five of them were named Compi. Get him go. Yeah, they got a, a, a Vito. Uh, you know, Vito Gigante, Gigante uh, got ordered a table. Vito Gigante. Oh, I know Vinny the Chin Gigante, <laughs> but that's yeah, yeah. <laughs> Hoboken uh, detective. Vinny Gigante. What? I, I Mike has had. The, I yeah, know Mike that probably brought him. Up. I know. I know. Nice yeah, Vito. Yeah. He uh, his yeah. wife was Elizabeth that just retired. The lieutenant. Yeah. Falco. Falco. It's just it's just a great no, honor Melissa. to be. M Melissa. Oh, Melissa. Melissa. And of course, oh, yeah. you have your ring on now. But I imagine the ring that you get. Oh man, I can't wait till that Hall of Fame ring comes in. Yeah, it's gonna be like yeah, one of those. Yeah, it's, it's it's a lot bigger than this one. I have a bunch of these. I just don't wear them all. It just looks like look, yeah, like, now, look like brass knuckles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, you this get... is the this is the IBF. I have the WBA. I have the WBC, and now obviously the uh, Hall of Fame. Hold now, that up to the camera so we so we can see uh, that. So we can see that, uh, and we'll zoom it. We'll zoom in on it. Now you get one for every one of your your guys the, that are the champions? champions. Yeah, uh, the actually the manager bought for the team. Want to hold that up? So every, everybody on your team gets a championship gets ring. A, yeah, gets a championship ring. Does the boxer so, get a bigger one? No, nah, everybody gets they the same all, size. They all get, uh, just our names, just like, like my name is on the side. <laughs> I didn't earn it. I can't wear it. <laughs> yeah. No, those things. Those things are earned. Yeah. But these are, these are you have. Jewel. So the the closest I've ever come to to a championship belt is I think I I held Chief J Strongbow's WWF <laughs> oh. championship belt. <laughs> His brother lives in Ironia, New Jersey. Um, but this is this is an amazing thing. I've been watching boxing my whole life. Wow. My 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 grandfather my grandfather boxed in the army and he sparred with Joe Lewis. Okay, wow. one of the best. Uh, yes. And Good what night. he told me was, what he told me was, he goes, I was pretty fast. He was a, he was a much thinner guy than I am. He goes, I was pretty fast. I threw a punch. Joe Lewis smacked me on the ass. <laughs> That's what he told me. Because Joe Lewis used to go down doing USO tour boxing tours. Wow! And um, they Joe were always Lewis was a, he was a beast. Uh, he was he was incredible. Great. It was a, it was mm -hmm. a big thing for him because. But after one round, I knew that it was not for me. Like to box Joe Lewis, like I thought I was Mister Big Shit. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. It's not find out quick, right? Yeah, you find out real quick. But it, the amazing you know, thing is is the weight of that belt. It, I mean, I couldn't believe I. You know, it's heavy. And like I said to you before, you know, a guy goes in and he fights this 12-round fight and he wins by decision, then, yeah. gets a championship. Now he's got to lift that damn thing. <laughs> it's funny Holy you say Christ. that because for the uh, 
for the Pacquiao fight, I was holding it and I got tired. Like my, <laughs> my shits were tightening up, and I was like, "So what I did was I put it here, yeah, throw it over your. That's why they throw it all over their shoulders. Yeah, plus yeah, you know yeah. you got so many people yelling and screaming. It was we fought at the T-Mobile Arena in Vegas. It was sold out, but you know when we fought in Germany one time, you get fifty thousand people, man, and they're born because you're from America. Yeah, it's uh, those fights are tough, man. Well, going back to boxing, you know, you have warriors that were in the ring together. And get, just get, getting back to Joe Lewis, I know Joe Lewis was was down and out later in his life. And Max Schmeling, who's one of his... Max Schmeling. Uh, oh, so that was one yeah. of the biggest fights, yeah. Joe Lewis versus know, yeah. Max Schmeling. Yeah. And Max Schmeling actually gave Joe Lewis money because Max Schmeling invested in Coca-Cola. So he had, he, he he had did, money. He, he had money. So he, he gave... Joe Lewis some money, and I think he paid for Joe Lewis's funeral. If yeah, I'm not I think wow. he did. Nice. Um, but, you know, you have ex warriors meeting on the battlefield after the war is over. There's, do you notice that in boxing a lot coming together after the fight? Yeah, look at Sugar Ray Leonard and uh, Roberto Duran, yeah. great friends. Yeah, they had some they tough had some. rivalries. That was the No Moss fight, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, and I think Tyson and Holyfield well, actually. You know why? That- yeah, you see Tyson and them. They they did a commercial now. Oh, bite my ear! Yeah. They were joking around, <laughs> but. Uh, at the end of the day, you know, you, you come together. Look at uh, Canelo now with mm-hmm. Triple G. I, yeah. I, they talk so much, and at the end, they hugged. Gotti Ward. Yeah, you, you're battling, man. This is life and death. This is mm-hmm. not. This is not WWE, brother. Right. Yeah, yeah. This is real, man. You get punched in the face in the mouth with by an eight ounce glove. Oh yeah, it's, it's yeah, got to be different. mutual respect. Yeah, you know, these yeah, these boxers on, both man. know yeah. how they you got to that both, point. You yeah. guys both yeah. are gladiators, man. At well, the end of the day, to, to to drive that point home is Mike and I are friends with a lot of true blue ex criminals because uh-huh. yeah. the battle's over, so it's time to meet on, on a different ter- level, neutral yeah. territory, <clears throat> and because believe it, and and guess what? The the funny thing is, is we find out that there's more that joins us than than separates us, and that's it's a it's a. It's a it's an honest thing, and they're, I consider those people some of my better friends in the wow, world. Wow, yeah, probably somebody you put away, not you locked up or something. They, and 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 it's always like I, I never have a problem approaching them. It's them having a problem approaching me, like, "Oh, you were a cop, you're not going to like yeah. me." And I'm like, "No, bro, I don't. I didn't take anything personally." And that and that gets back to the boxing ring. It's exactly you can't take it personal. We, it's we, a business. We, yeah. we had a both job. making money. We had a job to do. Yeah. These boxers have a job to do. You know, they have to go out. Whoever there doesn't and try understand to win. that, man, yeah. they got the problem. Like I said, it's got to be mutual respect between the boxers, though. They, you know, they oh, may hate each other, and, and and even with the trainers, yeah, even with the trainers, oh, I've I'll seen come some of those trainers I, go yeah, out. I'll it. come over and congratulate you. Hey, listen, man, you unless you're Gal- tonight, unless you're Galatas trainers. Oh, that was Alcerdo. <laughs> Alcerdo. Oh, <laughs> did, did you ever get into one of those weigh-in fights? Wow, we had we had we had one in Vegas. Face to face and start punching. No, it was going to be a riot, bro. With with six, all those Guyanese guys. Oh my! Oh, they're hyped up. They're hyped up. So, where can we find you, gentlemen? I know, I know, you're here to promote, and I don't want to throw this out. So, the kidney awareness, and I I know you guys are trying to get something. Kidney, you know, in my situation, I'm trying to get a kidney. So, anybody who wants to get tested, please, for me or anybody else, not just me, but again, I'm trying to get a kidney. So. 
anybody who wants to get tested for a kidney. Because or, you're the people that you're the person that should get the kidney. Because look at what you're doing. You you're going through this. You know pain. what? I'm gonna get one. And when he you're gets go, his kidney, I'm, I'm he's gonna, gonna, gonna continue to help. Yeah. Right, because yeah. you're helping people. He's you gonna, have more to well, do. I have to. You're I not done to. yet. Yeah, yeah. Nah, I'm not done. I'm only fifty three. Your yeah. job ain't over yet. I'm good. Yeah. I'm just done. I'm just done with the French crawlers, man. Yeah, but they're good though. Yeah. We got a lot more rides to take. But nah, I'm good. You know cops and you know cops and donuts. Yeah, I know. We're good. Check this. I used to park my car at the airport and my brother's like hey bro make sure you get a dozen donuts i had to drop off a dozen donuts at the headquarters hey whatever it takes it, bribes come in all fashions <laughs> yeah in all fashions um, and benny where can we find you um, as far as what Instagram goes, sure. You or, plug or, it. Well, you know, give us your social media. Oh, Benny Love Realty. Go postal with Benny Love. Benny Love Cause and Equity. You know, everything Benny Love. Everything Benny Love. Benny Love. <laughs> you know, and uh, next year we're doing. A, I'm going to start. I already started working on it with my attorney, uh, Frank Marciano from Ho from Hoboken. Yeah, of course, of everybody's course. from Hoboken. Uh, we got to use Frank. <laughs> but uh, the company's going to call. It's called Love. And and uh, with that, I want to do starting with Butch. You know, we're going to donate money to everything. So we're going to do hats and different things so people can buy them. And then I want to make a, I want to make it a competition. So we'll do kidney versus everybody, right? So if it's autism or cancer or whatever it is, because everybody's battling something, right? PTSD, mm -hmm. whatever, whatever it is, I'm going to let people compete. So I got to, somebody wants to come and help us build a website. We're going to need the help and you can compete. So this week, let's say we put $1,000 for kidney, but you put 900 for autism or whatever else it is. Somebody might be want to be might want to be competitive and put another two hundred to outdo the kidney, you know? Yeah, absolutely. So we can donate the money and help people. It's a great concept. Too. We don't need the money. We need the love, you know. When when you get it going, mm -hmm. when you get it going, you gotta let us know. Okay. We'll plug the hell out of it. All right. Yeah, because absolutely. unfortunately, like it or not, gentlemen, you're here. So and you're we part of our we, family. We protect you like you're you're our own. And that's oh, the good. truth. Yeah, that's yeah the we truth. want people to come out. You know, Butch yeah. is Butch is a great example. And I wanted to say before, not not only that he's always been a role model, but you got to remember, Butch came from the fatherless Hoboken, who lost his relationship with his father and then lost the man who taught him how mm -hmm. to be a man, mm -hmm. right? So that generation is not the Hoboken people see now. This is when they were giving properties away for a dollar if you paid the taxes. Not the property that you buy now or you buy 25 by 100 and it's a million and a half. There's yeah. a big difference, Yeah, yeah right? Yeah. So these people are good people too, but they're good parents. They're good role models. You know, they're teaching their kids different. We had to learn from how we beat each other up when we were kids and sold drugs and there was a lot of shootings and stabbings and all that other stuff. And Butch never got involved. Instead, he went in the gym and took people from that. Oh, you know how to fight? Come on, get in the ring. I'm going to now I'm going to mold you to see if you can. And now it's your mm. decision to go out there and be a multimillionaire or make a purse so that you can take care of your family. It's a it's it's a very admirable thing. Yeah, yeah no, it's beautiful, man. It's you beautiful. know, and, and and that's the thing about yeah. And like I said, we've met a lot of Hoboken people. You know, like we said, between the Palma, Nikki Burke, and they do and, take you in like family, family, though. It's it's a it's a very strange. We went Hoboken to some backyard barbecue. Hoboken's different. Listen, yeah, yeah. And they'll call sign. They'll call sign. Listen, anybody you know from Hoboken will call sign everything we just said. Yeah, you know, we we you know we never lie to anybody. But people and, born and raised Hoboken, I mean, they're, they're like this. Yeah. You know why I'm going to tell you, Hoboken's a square mile, right? And everybody is dealing with the same thing. Although you got different areas and different groups, right? But you're all, you're all suffering the same pain, but you're just not telling them. Yeah. You, you get it? Isn't that no, the way absolutely. of the world? Everybody's suffering from Yeah, something. but we understood it. 
mm. without telling you. Yeah. You know, Hoboken, there was no color. That it was never your white or your black or your Puerto Rican or your, you know, it was always like, yo, let's hang out. Like I never knew what racism was until you're, I got until I went to prison. Your Hoboken then, then they get in, it was like they were segregating. Like, oh, you I get along with everybody, and they're like, no, you gotta have them Puerto Rican. Nah, fuck that. I'm not joining no gangs or yeah, those right. other shit. But it was it was Hoboken was just you're, you're from Hoboken. Well, you know, I, I always say that I, I think racism is a learned behavior. It you is. Know? You you take two white kids, two black kids, two Hispanic kids, and two Asian kids, you put them on a playground together. They're going to play all day. No, you put them in old Hoboken. They and they played. <laughs> they played. There was no... They don't know the difference yeah. until, You're right. until someone says, oh. It's know, the adults. They're, they're exactly. Yeah, exactly. yeah. So you put those kids on a playground together. They'll play all day. Mm -hmm. All day without, without no discrimination. No. None. None. So, Butch, we're coming to the end of this thing. And I ask every guest the same question at the end. You've gone through the, 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 the suffering of what you've learned in boxing from growing up to watching those around you, the damage that, that the streets do to those around you, to now your new fight with, with kidney disease, what do you think your suffering's taught you? I, I think it's taught me to, to be a better man, a better human being. I thought I was okay, but it, it also teaches you the value of life. You value life more, and uh, you count your blessings. Man, I, listen, I've been blessed. I mean, I can't cry over, like, I got sick? Nah, you keep moving. If you get sick and you go down, if, if I was to stay down on myself, I would feel worse. So I stay positive. I don't even act like I'm like I'm sick. What's it, Until it, I, touch, I touch this and I realize I got a point. It's, it's, not, it's not how many times you get knocked it's not down. Like I, it's I, not I, how many times you get knocked down. It's how many times you get back up. I don't think, yeah. I don't think it made him a better man. I think he's always been a great man. Yeah, I was just I was just yeah. gonna say that too. Yeah. I was gonna say yeah. I, I maybe don't think... he values life a little different, but the beginning when he said that, I think he's he was still been the same butch without that. L listening to your story, I don't think there could be a better man. Mm -hmm. I think you are well, a great you. man. I, I really do. I mean, coming through I was listen, brought up, my mama did, did a great good mom. Job. Great listen, mom, man. She's I, great. I, I was born in Lily White, North Arlington. You know, we, oh, my we didn't the cop lives in North Arlington. We didn't have he's on six. We didn't have on six. That's where I grew up, right on sixth street. <laughs> yeah, we didn't we didn't have all that inner city stuff, you know. And, oh, North Arlington, nice place. But you know, I mean, coming what you went through and making yourself into what you are today—that's a great man, right there. Yeah, but you know what? Uh, I, owe, I, I owe everything to my mom because uh, we, there's four boys, and I think we did okay for ourselves. Yeah, we were on welfare uh, again. Port Authority cop, I, me, a Hall of Fame trainer. My brother works for FedEx. We saw. We all did okay, I think. You know, yeah. everybody thanks their mother. You watch any sporting event, yeah. it's like, hey, thanks, It's got to be mama. The yeah. dad's got to start doing a better job. Yeah, yeah you got to step it up. Yeah. Yeah. Step it up. Dads take the kids to practice. They teach yeah. them how to throw. They teach so them how to good. catch. There's great dads out and, there, and too. And then, There's some great this dads. This next generation, <laughs> like these kids now, are going to start thinking they're dads. Yeah. Before, dads weren't really. Uh, they were workers, you know, and, yeah. and to, to their credit, it's, it wasn't always that they were absent. It's they were trying to provide. They were trying to fill that traditional role. So, okay. you know, hopefully in the future, you know, our kids are going to say, hey, you know what? My dad was pretty great. Like, the thanks. Yeah, your yeah, kids yeah. are going to say that. Yeah, your kids are going to Yeah, your generation is coming out as to say As soon as they get no. over being a teenager, then maybe. <laughs> yeah. Maybe. <laughs> until they, you know until they, they realize that their parents aren't always wrong. <laughs> yeah, that takes a while. But Benny, again, getting back to you, too. You're a great man, too, for overcoming what you've gone through and becoming the man you are today. Thank I mean, you. that is fantastic. It Thank really you. is. Thank you. I'm loving life, man. I'm loving life. I'm thanking God every day, and, and I hang out with this man every day, and 
Plus, plus, good I'm life. living a dream, man. I'm living that's, a dream. That's and Kev, I'm, try, I'm trying to be nice because they'll probably both kick the shit out of me. So <laughs> <laughs> I, I hope I didn't piss them off at all. Thank <laughs> you. you guys are great, man. Thank, Thank you. you, gentlemen, so much for coming Thank in today. Thank you for having, for having us. It, it's, it, I, listen, it was fun talking the old boxing stories, but it was even a, it was even better to hear what you're going through now and how you're handling it, which Thank is Thank you. Amazing. I appreciate it. I got a good foundation. So that's going to do it for this episode of The Suffering Podcast, The Suffering of a Boxing Trainer with Butch Sanchez. And thank you for Benny Love for joining us. And let's think about all the stuff that we learned today. The fighting career is a very, very tough life. You're always in the right place at the right time. Adversity breeds heroes. Humility is the most beautiful trait. But most importantly, life is valuable. That's going to do it for this episode of The Suffering Podcast. Follow us on social media, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, TikTok. Follow Mike at Mike underscore Felace. Follow me at Real Kevin Donaldson. And, of course, follow The Suffering Podcast. If you like what we're putting out, don't forget to hit that like and subscribe button. Ring the bell so you can get notified of all our new content. We're on a race to 5,000. And don't forget to check out Popple. Go to popple.com, put in TSP20 for a 20% discount. And that way you can get that nice digital business card. And we're going to see you on the next episode of The Suffering Podcast.